they said like Nick you're still the same person you were from before your injury and you know you might have had this injury and it's changed a lot of things up in your life but you can still do anything Welcome back or welcome to Connecting the Resilient. This is your host, Andrew Mangan. I started Connecting the Resilient a few months after my injury um, and I suffered a spinal cord injury a little over three years ago. And I started Connecting the Resilient to bring together people from a wide range of backgrounds that have had experience with this injury, whether that's other people who've suffered a spinal cord injury or doctors or therapists uh, or family members who've had to deal with the spinal cord injury in a more communal sense. And I really just hope to provide insights and provide support for people who are going through this injury and who have questions about it. For more information, please visit our website at www.connectingtheresilient.com. So I'm here with uh, Nick Farrell. Uh, Nick, thanks so much for coming on today. Well, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to have you be here and, you know, get to talk to you, Andrew. Yeah, absolutely. And you have uh, quite the story to tell. Um, Nick, you were, you were injured uh, four years ago uh, at a uh, ski jumping event. Could you talk a little bit about kind of your injury and uh, the months and days following that? Yeah, absolutely. So like you said, I crashed uh, about four years ago in January of 2015. And I was a member of the U.S. Uh, ski jumping team. And I actually had been a member for probably over seven years, eight years uh, on the U.S. team. Um, and I got to compete and travel all around the world. And I even competed in the 2014 Olympic Games in Sochi, Russia. And it was awesome. And I got to, you know, do the sport that I love to do. And then fast forward to January 2015. I was jumping at this big event. It's known as the Four Hills Tournament. It's essentially like the Super Bowl of ski jumping. And there's like millions of people that watch it on TV and tens of thousands of spectators come in the crowd. And uh, I went to go take a jump that day. And there was some adverse weather conditions and like sticky snow. And when I came down the ski jump, you know, I was traveling through the air around 70 miles an hour when I came into land and the moment my skis touched the snow, they stuck just for a moment, but it was enough to throw my weight forward. And I ended up pile driving my spine into the ground, uh, at around 70 miles an hour. And I ended up breaking my L1 vertebrae and which resulted in paralysis in my legs from essentially my waist down. And, uh, I was actually in Bischofsoven, Austria during this time, which was uh, this big World Cup goes through that little town. And it's a small, small town in the middle of Austria. And uh, I was rushed off to this hospital about 15 minutes away. And I ended up being very lucky that it turned out to be one of the uh, top spinal surgeon or spinal centers in, uh, in all of Austria. And I went into immediate uh, spinal surgery within probably two hours of my accident, which is really unheard of, but I'm extremely grateful for that. And uh, after like all the chaos and everything that was happening of this injury, I realized that like this, obviously it was a very serious injury. I just had no idea what extent it was. Um, and I didn't know the implications of what it was. And I was really originally just thinking that, okay, like, you know, I, I hurt myself pretty good, but you know, in a couple months I'll be back and uh, type doing that. But 
um, when I came out of the surgery, I kind of realized, uh, or I was informed by the doctors of the extent of my injury. And, uh, and that's when I realized there was a whole different direction my life was about to go. And, um, I also realized I'd broken two ribs, punctured my right lung and was suffering internal ble bleeding. And, uh, I was just realizing that I wanted to go home, but I couldn't go home because of all my injuries and everything like that. So I had to end up staying in Austria for about a month, um, before I was able to get medically cleared to fly back home. And, uh, I was super grateful that my family and friends and one of my team doctors, uh, all came over and helped me out for that month while I was in Austria. Um, and I would not have been able to get through that w without the support of my family and friends. And basically from there, after that whole month long stint in Austria, that was hard. Uh, I flew back to Kessler Institute of Rehabilitation in West Orange, New Jersey, and I ended up spending about five months there, about three months as an inpatient and two months as an outpatient at Kessler. And Kessler was outstanding and they're awesome. And they hooked me up with some amazing um, physical therapists and OTs. And I had some awesome doctors there that, you know, worked with me and didn't set the bar. They set the bar very high for my recovery and they, they pushed me to achieve those things. After your initial uh, inpatient and outpatient there, um, I know you started working uh, out in Colorado with, with high fives. Was that uh, a little bit further down the road or was that kind of right away, right after leaving the outpatient at Kessler? Um, that wasn't immediately. Well, I was actually, actually really funny. Um, I got in contact with high fives through my recovery um, or when I was at Kessler, excuse me. And uh, they, they have their goal system of like, what are the goals you want to do and a timeline for you to kind of do it. And, yeah. you know, I was six months into my injury and I was like, man, I love water skiing. So, because aside from ski jumping, water skiing was my like second passion. And I loved it. I loved being out on the lake, being out on the boat and just going water skiing. And I put that as one of my goals is I wanted to get back to water skiing. And uh -huh. uh, it was funny. It turned out that High Fives was actually hosting a camp, which was nearly essentially six months after my injury, uh, a water ski camp. And once I found out about that, I was all in because I was just sitting in the hospital. I wasn't able to do anything. I was doing a ton of therapy and stuff, but I just wanted to get out of the hospital setting. And uh, once I saw this water ski camp was coming up, I was going to go to it no matter what. And I, my doctors were very reluctant and didn't really want to go, but they also knew that I was going to go anyways. Um, yeah. But you know, high fives actually got me out and on the water and to water skiing and got me involved with that. Um, so that was awesome. That was my first interaction that I had with high fives. And this is when I realized this was going to be an amazing um, partnership and amazing uh, group of people to surround myself with to where like I talked to them and they invited me out to their, uh, their Truckee, California up, up near Lake Tahoe, up to their facility out there. And I did a couple months of uh, rehab with them and, uh, they taught me how to alpine ski and stuff and they've done so many great things as well. But, um, you know, what they really do is they, they raise that level and take the beliefs that you might have or the limiting beliefs that you might have uh, about your injury and realize that anything is possible with them. And, uh, that's what really separates high fives from many, many people that I know. Yeah. And I mean, you were like six months out of your, what at the <laughs> time I'm sure it seemed like, 
pretty uh pretty intense injury and you're able to get back to water skiing i mean that must have been huge mentally like oh, to get back yeah. to something that you loved and then to just kind of build off that and go to skiing and oh it, you know yeah it was definitely uh probably a little sooner than it should have been i'll admit that and i don't know if it's necessarily <laughs> the smartest thing to do but um i knew that i had to do that um for my mentality and to keep my head on me um i knew i had to like go and kind of prove to myself that okay this is possible yeah and so after you um I mean, I know now you're um, a, a Paralympic, uh, you're on the uh, national team for water skiing. I mean, what was kind of the progression uh, in that sense, going from like your first bout with high fives, kind of getting used to um, a new type of water skiing, and then uh, where was kind of the light bulb moment that I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty good at this? <laughs> well, I don't necessarily know if there was an actual light bulb moment. The, the light bulb moment was I just had a ton of passion for being out on the water and water skiing. And, you know, I was competitive, uh, like an athlete and competitor for 20 years of my life prior to my injury. So I don't think that internal drive to have competition and to, uh, yeah. to improve yourself, uh, disappeared for me just from my injury. But, um, you know, I, I was water skiing and I ended up getting my own water ski and doing that at my house or, or at home in New Hampshire in the summers and stuff. And then there was another camp that high fives had invited me to, and it just kind of progressed through there. And so one of the coaches was like, Oh, you know what? You should come and uh, try out at nationals and, or come ski at some of these competitions. And I went and did that and got some good results and uh, then made the last two world championship teams for the U S which was awesome. Yeah, that's pretty, that is pretty impressive. And, um, I guess I'm kind of curious uh, on a more personal level because water yeah. skiing is something that I've been trying to get back into. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what's kind of the difference um, or like what would you say comparing like normal slalom skiing um, to like slalom sit skiing? Well, from like able-bodied water skiing to adaptive water skiing, uh, there's obviously the main difference of, especially for wheelchair users or kind of pairs of some sort like you're you're sitting down on a ski so like on an able-bodied ski you have maybe the skis about you know, f uh, four feet five feet long and a few inches wide um, well for an adaptive ski the current skis we're using are about seven feet long and about a foot and a half wide and we're sitting on this little cage on top of the ski with our kind of feet out in front of us and our arms out in front of us and um, so you're obviously positioned in a little different position compared to able-bodied um, which uh -huh. is naturally kind of yeah. how we have to approach it currently, who knows what comes up in the future. But, um, you know, once you get the rhythm of it down and once you realize some of the, the, how the water reacts to the ski and how you can let the ski do some of the, the, the work for you and stuff, you can really start skiing and really getting that feeling and those, uh, sensations that you had, let's say if you were an able-bodied water skier before your injury, like you can get back and have that thrill and stuff like that. And then, let's say if you weren't, a water skier before your injury, that's still very possible to do. Um, you know, cause there's, there's people that, um, of all le levels of all like impairments that I've seen water ski as well. I've seen, uh, like a C two C three quad water skiing where he's able to hold on to, uh, the rope with his arms, uh, like kind of in an X shape with his biceps. And then you just have a quick release from the boat. And if anything, where if you were to tip over or something like that, but then you have, um, 
these lower injuries. Like, so I'm L1, so I, I'm considered to have a lower injury. But then you have, uh, you know, T4s, all, all, everyone else, like, doing it and still skiing at such a high, awesome level. So it doesn't, doesn't mean that regardless of whatever injury you have, there's still ways and possibilities to get you water skiing. And uh, it's, uh, it's super exciting to see all these people that have never ever tried the sport and i hopefully hopefully one day we'll get you and i will get out and ski sometime and like we'll get you out on the water but uh it's it's awesome to see like that level of freedom that is given back to people when they get out and feel the glide their ski gliding over the water yeah definitely and yeah i mean i think it kind of um like in my scenario it speaks to kind of the power of adapting some sports uh because like i am probably going to be able to get up on like two skis um like oh, awesome. an able-bodied person but just i don't really think i'll be i'm just not coordinated enough to like to slalom ski normally um or to really ski like quote-unquote aggressively um or like as i did uh pre-injury so i think kind of having the yep. the option to adapt that um i mean I, I i think it'll be really huge for me but i know it'll be huge and it is huge for just a wide range of people whether they are walking now or um are complete um quadriplegics it's it's uh it's definitely like just because you can do something like you're able to do something quote unquote normally or um yeah like an able-bodied person it doesn't mean doesn't necessarily mean that the uh like that's the best option for you no absolutely i come to realize with water and that that was one of the huge things that I was told what, during my recovery and from uh, our team doctor, our team physiotherapist, and also from my therapist at Kessler, is like, they said, like, Nick, you're still the same person you were from before your injury. And, you know, you might have had this injury and it's changed a lot of things up in your life, but you can still do anything. And that's so true for everyone. And so the only thing is it might just take a little bit more time for you to do it, or you might just have to do it a little bit differently. And that was like, wow, okay. Yeah, all the goals and the possibilities that I want to still achieve in my life, I can still do it. But you know, we just have to adapt it to us a little bit, and uh, it's so true. Yeah, absolutely. And I'd like to talk a bit about um, kind of your take on on the uh, the mental part and the the outlook part of of having a an injury um, like you and I have. And so, what are your kind of? I mean, going through this. Uh, it's like a roller coaster of like ups and downs <laughs> and and everything. What are some of your tips to to staying positive and to like keep moving forward? Well, you're absolutely correct that the mindset is key because uh, once you change your mindset, or and if you change your mindset, you can change anything. No, so imagine like you know there's. There really isn't anything that's impossible. If you find someone that is committed and willing enough to put the effort and hard work into it, they will find a solution or make, make the impossible possible, right? Yeah. So um, having the spinal cord injury alone is going to turn your life upside down from what you knew it beforehand. And it is a big shock. And like you were saying, there is that roller coaster of emotion, of emotion and like you just have the the ups and downs and you have the great days, you have the bad days. And one of the issues is, is that our mind is like a muscle, right? So you have to work it and you have to train our mind to 
work for our benefit because if it's left onto its own devices, our mind will tend to drift towards the negative thing. It's kind of like a survival complex. Like, you know, I don't want to be eaten by those wolves back, you know, yeah. way back in the day. Like, so it, our, it's kind of a evolutionary type thing. So we have to like train our, our mind to work kind of for us and kind of thinking like in those ways that are actually going to serve us in a better way. But it's like, how do you like end up training your mind for it? And because you always hear people saying like, oh, be positive, uh, keep your head up. And it's like, well, that's fine when I'm just stuck in bed all day and can't maneuver and, you know, I can't feel my legs and, you know, you have your uh, bowel and bladder issues that you're all dealing with. And, but the thing is, is I found that helped me the most was immersing myself with people around me that have been in the situation before, have been through it. And are looking at life at a higher level and like also immersing yourself with the things that you are putting into your mind every day. So like, what are you reading? What books are you reading? What podcasts are you listening to? Like your podcast is great. And I love, I love it because you know, you're sharing the community of everything. Something might work for someone, something might not, but you keep working your brain more and more, whether it's meditation or being active and actually getting out and moving because that is one of the um, most useful things that I found was, you know, ha incorporating movement and being physically active in my, my daily life because it changes your uh, physiology. And then, yeah. um, you know, your, your physiology becomes so important because like, think about it, like it's a little quick test you can do is like, if you're physiology, if you're like sitting slouched in your chair and your head's down, your shoulders are bent forward and stuff, you get this emotional reaction from that where it's this more of a down low, like not very upbeat kind of physiology and physical reaction from your body. But if you're like sitting upright and keep your head up and you take deep, big, deep breaths, like you feel completely different compared to if you're slouching in your chair or anything like that. So having that physical movement and that physiology is something that I've incorporated. So I was having a hard time. I was, really so much into my life was because I was this, down, this was actually something interesting like, that i saw um or i was thinking about it right after my injury is and like i realized the root um, word of i was looking at the word emotions because i was having emotion. a hard time i was really kind of depressed and i was i was down and i didn't know what to do like we all we all have those hard times and um but i was looking at the word of emotions and i realized the root word of emotion is motion and so and I was like, wow, that's so cool because our emotions are going to mimic the amount of motion we have in our lives. So like, are we just sitting on the couch feeling sorry for ourselves and feeling down and our emotions are feeling down? Or are we outside going for a little walk or a stroll or whatever it may be? Or are we going to the gym and helping ourselves out? Or are we going out to go water ski or alpine skis, whatever it may be? Um, and when you're doing those active, active things, you might not be the most excited and um, stoked person that there is, but like your emotions are much higher, much more beneficial to, uh, to your well-being in general um, when you're moving around. And that's the same for your work or your life or your relationships. Do you feel like you're moving or you're growing and that their emotion isn't happening in your life to allow you to be a better, um, in a better spot and a better state from where you are? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's even like reflected 
in um, like someone who isn't isn't going um, through like a spinal cord injury, like, mm. and I notice it like when you just get out and like work out, it's just so refreshing, so good for um, so good for you mentally, um, just absolutely being physical. But that was one of the things that I found difficult in my life was kind of getting that movement and that activity um, because I was an Olympic athlete. I would I would do uh, you know five six time or five six days a week two three workouts a day and i was always moving around and kind of trying to find that activity so and that's one of the things we always have uh, deal with with our spinal cord injuries is it severely limits our mobility obviously and i always found it difficult to finding activities that allowed me to burn off that energy right and so um that's why i really went so hard trying to find adaptive sports right after my injury because I realized how beneficial it is to your mindset, but also one, your mental well-being and physical well-being. And uh, so I found that in the winter, I had a really hard time burning off energy and everything like that. So um, I tried to get with alpine skiing and I love alpine skiing so much. And I, I started doing uh, cross-country skiing, adaptive cross-country skiing. And um you know, that I found that what helped me burn that energy off in the winter and, uh, you know, come with summer I tried to do biking or mountain biking or golfing or water skiing, um, or, or surfing, all these cool sports that are available to people. And I highly encourage anyone to go out and try to find them. There's tons of amazing adaptive programs throughout the country. And, um, you know, when you start doing that stuff, you get around other people that are doing some pretty awesome things and they also help lift you up and hold you to a higher standard as well yeah absolutely and i think i mean i think you touched on um well you touched on many important points but something that you've kind of been coming back to is like the power of like having a peer group and having uh, a mentor of sorts and i mean personally and i know pretty much everyone i've talked to that's just huge part of um of a recovery um and of getting through some of the tough spots or learning more and being positive is having um, someone who's been there before you and someone who you can talk to or ask questions or just um, blow off steam with them. Um, and I think that's, I think that's a really, really important part of, of part of the process. Oh, it's, you're so a hundred percent right with that. And uh, you know, I've, I found through sports, I was able to get that because usually there's always someone better than you and they're doing some, pretty badass things and like that with high fives there were so many uh um awesome people around there that i got to surround myself with and maybe some people aren't able to work directly with high fives but i know high fives can help other people um or point them in directions but all these adaptive programs that are around the country are great places for people to start and uh um, that mentorship definitely definitely helps you out because i think i think it was a motivational speaker jim Rohn. Uh, he said, like, you are the sum or you're, the, excuse me, you're the average of the five people you associate with most. And so if you think yeah. about that, it's like, who do you surround yourself with? Like, do I want to be like all these other, these people that are around you? And some of the people might be like the most well-meaning people for you, but maybe they aren't really getting there or helping you get out of where you need to be and sharing it with other athletes or adaptive athletes or other people that have been in this situation um, really, really does uh, help you out and it it skips so many of the steps that um they had to struggle through or figure out on themselves and it helps you jump ahead of that and kind of 
navigate through that those hard times or those those uh challenging times easier yeah yeah i think that's uh that's very true and i also think it's um kind of oftentimes when you're just like exuding good vibes positive energy you can really um really uh turn people around i mean it's like the opposite of of having the mentor just being that kind of a figure for other people is huge as yeah. well whether they're whether they've been injured or not frankly oh totally and so nick a lot of the um a lot of the listeners are either uh, people who've been injured recently or, or family or friends of people who've been injured and um kind of given your experience and your reflection on on the mental aspect and, and the power of that what would what would you say to someone who's just gone through this injury in the past a uh, couple months or family or friends of them what would be advice you'd give them now that that you wish you'd heard uh four years ago that's a great question and the advice that i think i would probably give people is you know there's we're going to spend so much time in this next short amount of time like trying to work on our recovery and and uh you know but during that time we're also going to be hanging out trying to heal at the same time and it's really in staying a lot of time staying in the hospital bed or just like at home in a bed or wherever it may be um it's really finding ways to be active and really i want to drive home how important being active in people's lives are and i know like our our mobility has been limited, but it hasn't been reduced. Maybe you can go get a family or a friend to go take you on a walk and push you outside and go get outside, kind of move around. Even if you aren't physically exerting yourself out there, um, you're kind of out moving around and getting that blood moving. You're getting everything kind of going regardless if you are, you know, able to do it at a high level or not. Um, because really, um, that motion is really going to benefit you in such a higher level that, um, that's something I wish I did more often and it would have helped me stay in a much better state and allowed me to like get into those, uh, to get out of those funks a lot sooner. Yeah. I think that's a, is a great advice. And so <laughs> kind of looking forward for you, um, when you when you first uh, filled out that goal sheet of high fives, water skiing was on there. What's what's one of the one of the goals for uh, Nick Farrell now, moving forward? Well, going forward, I had so many people help me through my recovery um, that I kind of want to pay that forward to other people, and I want to help uh, other people get through the recovery, but not just uh, through injury or anything like that. It could just be people going through hard times or challenging times like that. So. I want to start doing some public speaking and helping other people, you know, really achieve the best lives that they can achieve. Um, but uh, in regards to that high fives goal sheet, actually, that you mentioned and uh, that I brought up earlier, um, one of my, my newest goal is uh, to get my pilot's license. So um, okay. I uh, would love to figure out a way to do that. I know some people have done it and I'm trying to, uh, sort those things in, out there. And I'm, I'm saying this publicly over a large podcast to hold myself accountable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I wish the best of luck. I know, um, I've been following Grant Corgan's, uh, kind of journey to do that. It's been pretty impressive. Yeah. It's unbelievable. He's awesome. And he's, uh, you know, I've, I've used things that he's told me or mentioned to me and he's helped me out. And I think that's, uh, 
someone that people should look into also and see his his recovery and uh yeah he's crazy he's awesome he's a great guy yeah well um i think you have a pretty awesome uh pretty awesome message and kind of you seem to really get the uh get the mindset as much as somebody can uh can get the mindset um so i think you'll you'll really uh be successful in spreading your message. And I thanks again for coming on here and, and sharing it with us. Um, I think it'll be really, really useful to uh, anybody listening, um, injured or not. Uh, and so I really appreciate you taking the time to come on today. Well, no, I appreciate uh, you having me on there. And I think you're doing an awesome job. And I, I say keep up the good work. Awesome. We'll talk to you. Thanks. Thank you. Bye. Bye. That was my conversation with Nick Farrell. I really hope you enjoyed the episode. Uh, We have some really interesting things happening uh, at Connecting the Resilient. One of the reasons that I started Connecting the Resilient was to ultimately connect people with spinal cord injuries that have had, whether it's a similar injury or a similar recovery or just people who could support and help other patients get through this injury. And now I'm really excited to announce our peer-to-peer program, which is the beginning step in making that a reality. And so if you would like to be added to that database that we will use to connect people with spinal cord injuries, please go to www.connectingtheresilient.com and you can sign up there at our peer-to-peer program and you can denote whether or not you want us to reach out to you or connect you right away or don't connect you and simply have you in the database, which is also an option, Uh, but whatever, whatever your preference, I really, really encourage you to go and sign up for that. If you enjoy the podcast and if you like what we do and what we are trying to do, also please consider donating and supporting Connecting the Resilient. Uh, While there aren't many costs because I run most of the podcast and website in development um, by myself, there aren't many costs. However, there are some uh, recurring costs with the website hosting and podcast hosting, etc., And so if you would be able to donate a little bit um, to help keep Connecting the Resilient going, I'd really appreciate that. Again, that's at connectingtheresilient.com under the support page. I look forward to coming back to you next month with a really, really interesting episode.